Well, good morning, and thank you for such a, a warm welcome. I am delighted to be speaking today. As you know, we are in the summer series exploring the book of Psalms. And last week, our senior pastor, Steve Tibbet, opened the series, and he was encouraging us to be planted. And as we are planted, God is going to be able to strengthen us. Well, as you know, today I am speaking from Psalms 121. But one, Psalms 121 is one of 15 Psalms, from Psalms 120 to Psalms 134. And they are called the Songs of Ascent. They were Psalms or Songs of Encouragement. So if you are looking for a dose of encouragement, you are in the right place today. Amen. These Psalms were frequently sung by Hebrew pilgrims as they journeyed on their walk to worship their God. Jerusalem was surrounded by mountains, and so trips to the holy city involved a lot of, of walking up hills and mountains. I remember just recently I met a friend in Covent Garden Tube Station, and when I got there, I decided, you know what, I want to do some exercise. So there were 193 steps, and it was a stereal, a staircase spiral, and I decided that I'm going to go around. And I'm telling you, by the time I reached 93, I was counting the rest down in tens. And I was saying, come on, Steve, you can do it, you can do it. But I got there in the, I got there in the end. <laughs> so this psalm shows us that there, there's effort whenever we need to worship our God. So if I were to describe my talk today, and I were to put my talk or this psalm in one word, I will say, help. Today I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to remind you that God is in the helping business. He should be the top of Google when we search for help. <laughs> the psalm exhibits his qualities, his qualifications, and confirms that he is best suited to provide the best help at the right time to achieve the best outcomes in our lives. In short, Psalms 121 confirms that he is our keeper, he is our protector, he is our preserver. Psalms 46 verse 1 puts it this way. God is our refuge and our strength and a very present help in the time of trouble. Speaking about help, I remember I was walking to my car from a client's appointment in a rough area of, of Peckham. So I decided I want to fit in and I just want, I don't want to stand out. So I was chipping and I was... <laughs> And I was bouncing. <laughs> and suddenly, I heard this voice, handsome! So I said, Steve, just put your head straight, guy. Yes, don't get yourself in trouble and keep walking. And as I was continuing working a few seconds after, I heard this voice, it's you I'm talking to! It's you I'm talking to! So I turned around. And when I turned around, this lady smiled at me. And in a seductive voice, she goes, would you mind helping me with my bags? But when I looked at her bags, it looked like she shopped for the whole week. And I'm, so I said, so where do you live? 
And then she goes to me and she points to and she says, top floor. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm saying, Steve, there's no way you're going to go up there with those bags. There's no way you're going. So I turn to her and I says, nah. I mean, in, in retrospect, I could have been a bit more polite and says, I can't really help you. And I'm telling you, this lady opened them out. The same lady who called me handsome. The same, the same lady who smiled at me. And she put down the cussing on me there. She, she cursed. The point. <laughs> I said, oh, Steve, you've dodged a bullet there. But the point is, regardless of the bags of stress, the bags of trouble, the bags of heartaches, the bags of financial difficulties that we hold in both hands, God wants to help us. As I prepared this talk, I attempted to speak to you or to use this verse or to memorize this verse, Psalms 121, in the King James Version. So it's going to come up, but if I need a bit of help, please help me. I would lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. The Lord that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, the Lord that keepeth Israel will neither slumber or sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. He shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. He shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and forevermore. That's the word of the Lord this morning. Amen. So let me give you an outline of where I want to take you for the next 25 minutes. We will examine Psalms 121 in greater detail. We we'll look at two pieces of instruction and guidance in the opening two verses. I call this part, What We Must Do. And the remaining six verses of Psalms 121, we will examine the credentials of our God and how he can help. I call that what God can do. And we will conclude at the end, we will all stand and we will make a declaration that the Lord is our help. Amen? So that's where we're going. So, when we look at the two pieces of guidance and instruction that we find in Psalms 121, verse 1 and 2, as we read, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. The two pieces of instructions are, we focus on God. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. And then we will make a declaration, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. God wants us to focus. God wants to make him, or wants us to make him the central focus. The first port of call as we focus on God. God wants us to look beyond our circumstances even before we try to work things out. 
And as I was preparing this word, I had to catch myself sometimes when circumstances came and I was saying, I would just jump in there. And I had to pull back and say, God, you are my help. So why did the psalmist look to the hills? I would like to suggest that the hills represented strength, a place of permanency, a place of security. That's why we look to God, because we know that God can minister and God can be there when we want him. You see, the habit of lifting our eyes to our helper does not happen overnight. But with consistency, we begin the process of building spiritual strength and resilience. Our eyes become trained. So we see despair, not as despair, but we see it as dependency upon God. As we lift our eyes to God today, our unknowns that are today become tomorrow's certainties because we serve a God that wants to help us. Focusing on God is not only for those that have bags of trouble. I would like to say those who are walking in the roads of lush vegetation or fertile plains still need to put their trust in God. God wants us to stop looking around at our feet and focus up there. That's where God wants us. I love how Colossians chapter 3 puts it. It says, since we are now a child of God, you have to do things differently. You've got to focus your heart, your eyes, the way you think, the way you handle situations, the way God wants you to think on these things. Trusting God with all of your hearts and leading not onto your own understanding. So the second bit of instruction and guidance in in this psalm is to make a declaration. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You see, a declaration is an act of making an official statement about something or a stated position that you are prepared to to live or to die by. This psalm encourages us that when we are looking down the barrel We need to resolve in our hearts. And we need to declare that we will not be moved. That we are not backing down. That we are standing our ground. And that we are lifting up the name of Jesus. You see, making a declaration is nothing new. Joshua declared, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. David declared, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But you know what? This one encourages me the most. No weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication comes from me. I, the Lord, have declared it. And God wants to declare help in your life today. Even the heavens declare his righteousness. As we constantly declare, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, we remind ourselves that God is the all-sufficient one. He is the one who made heaven. He is the one who made earth. He is our helper. If he wishes, he can speak the word right now and sort your situation out. If he wishes, the person that you've just met, he can use them to be a blessing. If he wishes, he can call 
the host of angels and says, come down right now and deliver. He is the one who can help. You know what? There may be some of us right now saying, Steve, you know what? Secretly, I don't feel that I have the strength to declare with confidence that the Lord is my help. But I want to tell you something. I have declared that God is my help from a position of weakness. And I says, oh, failure. I says, God, you need to help me. And then gradually I see God moving. And I get a bit of confidence. And then I start to declare with a bit of faith now. I says, God, I believe in you that you can do this. And then when I see God moving now, I'm really, I'm really up for it now. And then now when it comes, I'm declaring in confidence. I want to see something. I'm saying, God, I'm believing you that you can do this for me because you've done it before and you can do it again. That's the God. That's the God that we serve. So the rest of this um, looks and explores the qualifications of our helper. And they're broadly in three headings. He is our keeper. He is our protector. He is our preserver. Let's examine what it means for God to be our keeper. But verse 3 and 4 states, He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. You see, the God that I serve will not tolerate or entertain anything or anyone that will attempt to move us from the position that he has called us to be in. That is good news. Because he's a rock of ages. And there are two words that I would want to steal from Theresa May. And yes, you, you said it. He will make our foot strong and stable. As I was preparing this sermon... I researched an article and it reads, From the beginning of time, Satan has trapped and ensnared millions of unsuspected souls. They have fallen captive to his trap. This master hunter is experienced beyond comprehension and is skilled in the art of hunting in the endless forests of mankind. The question is not if he will trap you, but when you will fall into one of his schemes. Powerful men of God throughout the Bible have become trapped and ensnared by this formidable foe. In spite of this, we are not scared. Yes, we will be watchful. Yes, we will be diligent. Yes, we will give God thanks. The Psalms are saying that, yes, we may fall. Yes, we may make mistakes. But God will not suffer our foot to be moved. This is the God that wants to help us. I believe this is the God that we should put our hands together and give him a clap offering. God will never slumber. God will never sleep. These two words refer to a state of partial or fully unconsciousness. Satan is referred as the lion because of his violent nature and his ability to attack without mercy and kill. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 puts it this way. Be on guard and stay awake. Your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. Thank God 
He is always in a position. He does not slumber or sleep. He is in a position to serve and to protect us. He is always 100% on the job. In a recent survey of, of the 27th of July, to be exact, it is estimated that there are 2.2 billion Christians in the world. Included in this figure are 10 million 283,700 new Muslims converted to Christianity. So I love stats. So I did some more research. And I wanted to find out how many times the average Christian fails or, or sins in a day. Well, according to Vatican Radio, Pope Francis says at least, he says that even the most holy people sin at least seven times. So I've done my maths. 15 billion, 400 million times a day, my God is keeping and rescuing his people. He does not slumber or sleep. This Verse continues to say, he is my keeper, which means he's my guardian, he's my defender, he's my guard, he's my bodyguard, he's my escort, he's my minder, he's my attendant, he's my chaperone, he is my carer, he will keep you. The Lord that kept Israel is the God of the one. He is the God of the, of the 99. If you're not where you should be, he's going to hunt you down. And he's going to bring you back in the place where he wants you to be. He's a God of the singular. He's a God of the crowd. He wants to help you. Hidden between these verses, the Lord is my keeper, verse 5. And the Lord shall preserve thee from all evil, verse 8, are some powerful truths. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand, and the sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord is thy shade. The Lord is like the shadow of a tree, protecting us from the intense rays of the burning sun in our lives, being the block. Being the, being the middle or being in the middle of our storms. In essence, the Lord is the one who takes the heat out of us. Thank you, Jesus, as I wipe my head. <laughs> he is the shade upon thy right hand. You see, the right hand signifies, your right hand signifies strength. Where you have the most influence, where you are most effective. Where it's your gifting, where it's your calling, where it's your talents, the areas that bring you the greatest financial, emotional, spiritual success. It is this area that is most under attack. It is this area that God wants to protect. You see, part of my job is to arrange insurance policies for people who want to cover their mortgages and for, for big businesses. So I will go to an insurance company and they will say, Steve, let them fill this application. And I'm telling you, if you put down a non-disclosure and they find out, they're not going to pay. 
your protection is gone. You could make a mistake. They should have said you should have put that down there. The God that I serve, he does not need a GP report for you. He does not check your BMI. He covers you. You are washed under the blood of Jesus. And once you are a child of God, you are protected. That's the God that I serve. That's the God that wants to help you. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. This represents seasons and different types of challenges. I don't know about you. But I'm sure you have experienced niggling situations that never seem to go away. Sometimes they are, they, they, they are frustrating. They're worse than the, than the big situations. This verse reminds us that God is the winter. So in the dark situations, he wants to help. He is the summer. When everything looks good, he's saying, still be prepared. There's still danger that works, but he is there to, pro- to protect you. He is the autumn. When the, the green leaves of life seems to be falling off, he is there. And he is the spring, ensuring that that baby blessing is protected when it comes forth to you. God is the one who wants to help. He is more than a nine-to-five worker. He is 24-7, every hour, on the hour. That's the God that I serve. He wants to help you. I remember I worked at the bank. And the phone would ring at 4.59. And if, if some of you made that call, I, I am sorry. My colleagues would look at me, and I would look at them. And nobody wants to pick the phone up at 4.59 because it, it's, it's got trouble written over there. It's got an irate customer all over. So if it was one of you, I, I apologize. God is the one. It doesn't matter when you're calling. He is the one that wants to help. Amen? Amen? Well, in my opinion, the best part of this psalm, and this is my favorite, The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. The Lord shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going in and thy coming out from this time, from right now and into eternity. You see, the word preserve means maintain its condition to keep alive or remain in existence in a world where everything seems to be depreciating and losing value. God promises to preserve us in the midst of evil. Even when evil jumps up in our face unexpectedly, when evil's purpose is to contaminate us, that's when God's word within us makes the difference. And it goes into work. It's like an antibiotic, counteracting and restoring I love what John 4, 4, the way he puts it. He says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Do you want help? Let God's word be in your heart. If you just remember one scripture, God can ignite that scripture when you need help. And he can use that word to bring you the victory that you want. I'm so glad that we are no more prisoners. He has preserved us. He has helped us. 
He conquered evil, and he can do that in your life as well. He preserves our soul. There are times in the course of our lives when we, we, when we, are exper- when we have experienced an old acquaintance. You recognize them instantly. It's your past. You don't want anything to do with them again. You've moved on. But your past still threatens to come back into your life. It chases you and tells you, let's meet again. Let's have a final goodbye. You feel scared. You feel vulnerable. You feel weak. You may have slipped or fell. You feel dirty. You've tried to pray. You try to read God's word. Satan condemns you. You feel sick in your soul. But I'm glad to say that you remembered God's word. You will lift up your eyes to the hills from whence cometh your help. And your help comes from the Lord. I'm happy to say today that he is the one who is faithful. And he's the one that can cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I love the way Jude puts it. He is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. Hallelujah. He preserves our soul. Amen. Thank you. He preserves our going out and our coming in. This verse speaks about God being involved in all movements, in all transactions of our daily life, the business side of life, should we say. In a normal day, We can face physical threats, we can face disease, we can face injury, accident, terrorism, war, natural disasters. That's just on the physical side. On the economic side, we can find the threats of recession, unemployment, debt, theft. And on the spiritual threats, there are doubt, sin, evil, corruption. Thank God we have a God. Who can preserve us? Who can help us? Who wants us to know that I do not want you to wither? I want you to to flourish. I'm going to close by sharing a personal story, and I'm telling you at that time, it was extremely painful. I've put a few notes so I can condense it. I used to work for the banks some of the top banks. And I was in a position where it was a great job. It paid well. I had the company cars. And suddenly the markets crashed. I had loans. I had credit cards. So when the markets crashed, my salary changed and it reduced. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to try to keep the minimum payments up. And then bang, got made redundant and really affected me. I couldn't make my payments. And from having an excellent credit score, it became very poor. I was caught up in the gusty winds and the perilous storms of life, compounded upon that. 
I tried to, to apply for other jobs. I applied for jobs and jobs and jobs, and I couldn't get it. I remember applying to, to another bank. I flew through the industry. I flew through the, the applications. I flew through the process. And when they checked, because when you're in finance, when they checked my credit record, it says, Steve, we can't give you the job. It was painful. The only job that I can get was, to, was in a debt or, or, or a type of loan company. And I hate people being exploited. And I worked for this loan company that were giving people loans and they were giving them ex extraordinary um, interest rates. And I was really, really annoyed with God. And I was says, God, you've got me here. What are you doing? And I heard the voice of God saying, stay quiet and learn. So I began the process of learning. Are we doing the job? And I've been learning everything about this job, the good, the bad, the ugly, seeing how people were exploited. And in my heart, I'm looking and I'm saying, I can do this better. I can do this better. I can do this better. So I decided that I'm going to apply to the Financial Conduct Authority, me. The Financial Conduct Authority are the people who look after the banks and the building societies. And I put a massive 65-page application. I had to get help. I had to pay a consultant. And I told them, you know what, I can do this. There's a place in the market. If you're going to be lending people money, we can do it in a decent and a correct way. And I put this application to them. They went through this application for 10 months. And they came back and said, Steve, we think that you've got the credentials and the experience to help people in this area. And they stamped and they gave me a license. And I want to give God thanks. So what happened to the credit record? What happened to the credit record? God preserved that as well. And gave me back my credit record. 999. Out of a thousand. You can't get any higher than that. And I give God the praise. Listen. God wants to help you. It may take a day. It may take a week. In my situation, it took over five years to, to correct and to do what he needed to do. But he still preserved. He still preserved. He still kept me for the work that he wanted to do. I guess in a room this size, with the amount of people here, there are multiple situations where God really wants to help. We have looked in the wrong direction, the wrong places, sadly the wrong people. But I'm here to say today that God is here to help. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7 says, Cast all your burdens on me because he cares for you and he wants to help. I want to encourage you. We've seen that buzzer. Press that buzzer. Focus on God. Declare that he is your help and let him be the one who wants to help you. I would like us to stand. And I would like us to make a declaration from whatever situation or wherever you are. We want to declare that we will lift our eyes to the hills from whence cometh our help 
and our help will come from the Lord. Those words will come up on the screen. And I want you to raise your voice with all the faith that you have and let's declare it together. One, two, three. I will lift up mine eyes to, to the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Let's put our hands together for our Lord.